Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Welcome back to the 301 Podcast. And in this episode, we talk to the high flyer, Sibrin Hasselhoff Ruthma. He founded the startup Streamvisor.nl. This is a platform that helps you to find out which network plays your favorite series. In this episode, we talked about the first dropshipping business he had at age 12, the market research he has done on Tinder, which is a very interesting story and maybe a big, big growth hack for all the marketeers out there. And last but not least, we also talked about all the future plans, how to grow this platform with his most recent partnerships. Without further ado, let's get straight into it in 301. My next guest is named under the top 500 talents of the Netherlands, under 26 by the next web. A very warm welcome to the startup founder of Streamvisor, Sibrin Heslov Rosma. And as always, we have a lot of things to uncover today, um, but let's get into this in a bit. And first, I want a quick introduction from your side, who you are and what you do. Yeah, hi Marcus, uh, happy to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Sibren uh, and I'm the founder of Streamwijzer, which is a news website about movies and series and streaming services in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, That's <laughs> I'm super- 25 years old and I founded the company three years ago. Yeah, so just uh, in time before your 26th birthday, you got named uh, under the top 500 talents in the Netherlands. Yeah. How, how does that feel for you? Well, humbled. Uh, no, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's nice when you start a company to see that uh, that people like what you're doing and that you're on the right track. So yeah, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, and it's also the reason why we met uh, actually. Because, oh really? Uh, yeah, I, I looked okay. at uh, this this page and uh, I found uh, you and and your amazing endeavors that you have done so far. So I thought. Uh, so it has brought me something really exactly. cool. So, so that's very nice. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and um, I find it quite interesting because if you look at your if if you look at your profile, um, you were always super involved in many different things. Uh, you were uh, coaching. You were in the teaching assistant in your university. Uh, you were in all different kinds of councils. Um, like how do you how do you make sure that you don't lose yourself when you do so much at the same time? I do lose myself quite often. I think <laughs> no, I'm. I, I think one of my strengths, but also dangers, is that I'm very enthusiastic about a lot of things. Um, and indeed, during my studies, I wanted to do a lot of things already, uh, join boards, and indeed be a teaching assistant and those kinds of things. But I think that's the way you learn a lot, right? And mm. and can start new endeavors. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. Sometimes I have to be better at choosing between certain projects. I mm. encounter that every day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And do you know then, like, where where this inner drive is coming from? Is that something that is very natural to you that you just say, like, uh, okay, I'm uh, joining all those kind of uh, boards and councils and whatever? Or do you um, tend to force yourself a little bit into into those situation to learn and to to evolve? No, it's never forcing. It's actually, I think, general interest. Um, I think in this phase of our lives, I mean, I'm 25, I'm young. Um, it's key to learn as much as possible and to develop yourself. Um, and I think you do that by uh, doing as many things as possible. Yeah. And when we when we go back even further, you said you're young, but even, even younger uh, self, 
how was growing up for you? Is is it something that um, you saw already, or maybe your parents saw from an early age that you that you were like a driven guy? That you? Well, I was a bit odd, I think. <laughs> um, I, I was pretty young when I went to high school. So in the Netherlands, people often go to high school when they're twelve, um, but I did it when I was nine, barely ten. No, I was just ten, so I was pretty pretty young, and I think that shaped me a lot. Um, but I was always busy with uh, entrepreneurship, like doing these these little projects. Um, it's not; it wasn't like selling lemonade on the street. But uh, I did at, at, like at the beginning of uh, buying things in China and selling them in the Netherlands. I found this little website and I bought a lot of well, fake headphones and those things, you know, and uh, made this catalog and brought it to school and told people like, oh, I have all these cool things, you can buy them from me. Uh, so that was my first little business, I think, when I was really young. How old were you then? I think I was, well, it was the third grade high school, so I was 12, something like that. Yeah. Uh, pretty young. <laughs> That's amazing. Did, did you make uh, and then did you make any profit? You know that I wasn't yet that good in accounting. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually have no idea. Uh, a couple of years ago, I found this box of old stuff somewhere, uh, and most of it I threw away because it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think I made a little money of it, but not much. Yeah. D was that then your only startup until you now found it again, or did you I think have it any? Was. Yeah. No, I did. I didn't do any different startups. Like when I was growing up, or when I was in high school, um, I was uh, uh, I was in school, of course. And besides that, I was rowing a lot. So I was uh, a competitive rower. So we trained at a certain moment, like eight times a week, and that took up most of my time because mm. every day I traveled to another city in the Netherlands, and I I, I was rowing there. Um, and then I started studying. And well, you have other things to do when you study. Yeah. Um, so nothing happened till I started my master's in Amsterdam in entrepreneurship. And then I really got this this spark of like, I want to mm. do something. But quite interesting, right? That you said like you were into, yeah, like into entrepreneurship from a very early age, but then you yeah. also threw yourself into all different kind of um, yeah hobbies as well. Yeah, well, I think that's also that also has to do with development like personal development because i i knew i was always the youngest right i was always two three years younger than all my classmates um so i uh, when i finished my high school i was 15 and i thought i do not want to go to university yet so i waited a year and i continued this this rowing because i wanted to further develop myself like social skills because i i was a geek i was a nerd uh, i wanted to like be better at, uh, well, being friends with people mm. and having a good time. And then uh, a year later, when I was 16, I went to Groningen and I started studying. And then that was just like personal development, uh, making friends, having parties, you know. Uh, mm. So that was my preference at the time also. I wasn't busy with entrepreneurship. I was busy with like personal development. Yeah. I think that's necessary as well. Would you say then it was a good experience that you were... Uh, younger and in this sense like maybe also a little bit more challenged to to make up a certain like because I, I, it's naturally right like a 
a gap um, also like in rowing um, they're like the age classes they're the strength so was it uh, a little bit that sparked maybe your competitiveness on like oh i need to be as fast as tall as like proving yourself yeah. i think you make a very good point yeah <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm pretty competitive and i'm i'm diligent and um uh, when i know i want something i do everything to reach it i think that's part of being an entrepreneur mm. but i think that got sparked indeed when i was always the youngest and mm. not not that people really believed in me and thought he's gonna make it right mm. so uh, I, th i think that's where it got sparked interesting if you if you think back on your on your childhood you had quite a busy childhood it seems um yeah what was your happiest childhood memory ah uh, that's that's difficult I think actually just just being fair my my high school time wasn't the best time so I mean um I because I was younger I didn't have a lot of friends so I don't really have that many happy memories in mind because I think I put it a bit away it this sounds more dramatic than it is because my childhood was fine but it wasn't it wasn't the best time in my life mm -hmm. and then I started studying and that was that was awesome um so I think the best memories of that period of time was was rowing uh, because I made a lot of friends there and that was a lot of fun and I really found something I could like uh yeah do everything for right I mm. wanted to become the best I didn't become the best but <laughs> I <laughs> I worked very hard for it yeah. <laughs> it's worth something awesome I find it quite interesting that um I mean you were pretty young Uh, you moved on. You went to Groningen to study. Uh, after you uh, were finished, you you started in uh, uh, Dietmop, and you went there from being an intern to a growth manager position uh, within rough, roughly three years or something like this. So that's again uh, quite impressive on um, that scale of starting as the maybe nobody, but wanting to like go up and. Uh, Yeah, well, that that journey um, started in Groningen as well, because this company, it's a tech startup here in Amsterdam uh, in the volunteering technology. Uh, it's a really cool startup and I volunteered for them. So they make technology for volunteering and I was a volunteer to help with their product in certain cities with their launch. And um, I just love doing that a lot. And then I moved from Groningen to Amsterdam to start my master's in entrepreneurship. And um, I could do an internship there because they were very happy with the way I helped them. And then it started like as this internship and then I did it besides my study. And then I had my first position there and it went well. And um, yeah, I just loved the fact that the company was doing something good and we were all working towards that goal, like making an impact. Mm. That's something I don't have specifically like in the startup I have now. Mm. Um, But that's something I was really happy with. So I think I was diligent there, and I uh, uh, yeah, that's that's what helped the growth. Mm -hmm. And how was your first experience, like um, being in like a let's say real business environment for the first time? Um, that has two sides actually, um, because the first months I was working there, and that had nothing to do with the company itself, because that was they're really friendly and it was really cool. Um, but I was very bored. Um, and I think that was because I have I had this repetitive task at that moment, and I couldn't really express like wh uh, what I was worth. 
and I couldn't do my creative thinking, right? So I was really bored at that moment. But I did love that I, you could work together with your colleagues towards a certain goal, something which I have been missing in the last couple of years sometimes as well, because mm. as a solo entrepreneur, well, you do things solo, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was twofolded actually, the experience, mm. but I learned a lot. And what was your biggest learning in this stage of your life? Well, I learned a lot from every single person in that startup. So I think that's the cool thing about a startup team with very intelligent, uh, nice people. Uh, every one of them has things to teach you. So one of the things I learned there was that um, I should express confidence about my startup um, and not any doubts that you might have or so at the beginning phase, like all the way at the beginning, you should be confident and you should tell people, this is my idea and I'm gonna make it work. Um, that's something I learned there. That's um, yeah, really impressive. I think also in the terms of the first job, I think is uh, like can be quite important for the complete career, right? It can either completely um, yeah, demotivate someone Uh, to say like okay like it's not so nice to work you just have to do your nine to five and that's it or it can um, spark someone and i think mm -hmm. a lot of times it has to do with the, uh, your your peers your um yeah your managers that either inspire you or or not right did you have any um inspiring person there that you really looked up to in, like in in this company every single one of them really so this this founding team they're they're really smart people all in their own uh in their own area of knowledge and um i looked up to every single one of them um and i think that's necessary in your first job right to to try to learn as much as possible from the people around you in the company not have the idea like i'm gonna come here and uh i'm gonna make everything better but try to learn from them and add your own skills to that mm, super nice the pandemic was hard on all of us um And there were a couple of winners, I think, in the, in the pandemic. And I think one of them was for sure um, streaming services, uh, because yeah, a lot definitely. of <laughs> a lot of people started to watch Netflix. Um, and I think just before the pandemic hit, um, you founded Streamvisor, and um, so you were just just on time. I think uh, a, a perfect timing for 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 founding the startup. Mm -hmm. um, and can you tell us a little bit about? what your startup what problem your startup is uh, solving yeah so first of all um like being a winner in a pandemic uh i i don't like the sound of that even though it is it is actually the case there are big losers and there are winners in this case um but yeah what, what a brief introduction of what streamvisor is doing is that it's a news website about movies and series with recommendations and cool things to uh, to stream like things on netflix or disney plus or discovery plus or like cool streaming services um so what happened when the pandemic the pandemic hit uh, what were we all doing <laughs> we were sitting at home watching movies and series so a couple of releases uh, in that period of time uh were booming instantly like tiger king was released i think four days after the lockdown uh, so everyone was talking about it mm -hmm. so um the, th the thing that happened is that streamvisor grew a lot as well and helped people choose the movies and series they could watch at home um so yeah that that was uh a catalyzer is that a word catalyzer of the growth of streamvisor actually yeah 
And before we get into maybe a little bit also how the, the website works and, and what services you can find there, take us back to the very beginning. An even younger Seabrin uh, was uh, sitting at home and thinking, hey, I want to have a site that helps people to choose my favorite series. Well, yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, I moved. I had moved to Amsterdam and I studied entrepreneurship here. And uh, one of the lessons that they taught us a lot <laughs> and which will be one of my most important lessons for always is fail fast, fail often, um, which sounds really weird because many people are afraid of failure. Um, but if you fail, uh, it's going to teach you so much for your next endeavors. So at that point in time, I thought, okay, so why not fail as soon as possible? I mean, these guys know what to do, <laughs> so I'll do it. Um, and I was sitting on the couch and I wanted to watch Peaky Blinders, um, which I love. It's a great series. And I have this subscription on Netflix and on Zigo and on Videoland and all these streaming services. And I don't know where can I watch like the newest seasons of this series. And um, I didn't find a website that could like tell me where to watch what. Mm. So that's when I thought I'm going to start a website. I don't know anything about building websites. So I'm, I'm sitting here and I think oh, I'm, I'm going to start a website with a very large table. And this table has like all moves and series that people made ever. And then the columns are the streaming services. And if it's on the streaming service, uh, I'll put an X and otherwise I'll put a dot like when it's not there. Uh, that was a huge underestimation of how that and how much work that would be. I can tell you that in advance. Um, But that was my idea. That's amazing. And what what were then um, the first steps? So you you said, okay, I'm uh, creating this website, um, and then you were like thinking about a name. But how did you uh, manage all that? Like the huge amount of data that you have, then that you need to probably manually put in uh, or, or yeah, automate it. You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when I think back, like three years ago, there were quite a lot of weekends that I. Literally, I sat on the couch with my laptop and I had this list of all movies and series ever made. And I had these tabs open on Netflix and Zigo and Videoland and Amazon. <laughs> um, and I was just checking, is it there? Is it there? Is it there? Is it there? And then making the table. And uh, I had a friend who helped me with like the first steps of setting up a website, like where do you get your hosting and do, where do you get your template and uh, what are the, the problems that you encounter and how do you solve them? So I was very thankful for that. Um, and then I just started building it. Yeah, literally, I think like eight weekends, uh, full weekends, I was doing that. And then I was only at like a number thousand or so. Do you know how many movies and series there have ever been made? I don't know either, but it's, it's <laughs> I think, tens of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then you also have like all those subcategories as well that you can reach like with the code. So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it was a stupid idea. Like at that point in time, like building only one table, I shouldn't have done that. But I mean, it's yeah. learning time. And did you have any thought of quitting like in weekend five? To say like, okay, uh, I want to fail fast and I'm failing now. <laughs> no, maybe I should have. No, no, no. Um, I I threw away some time there, but it was the basis of a nice company. I didn't have a thought of quitting. And part of that is because of one specific talent of mine. I can watch 
uh, a movie or a series uh, on TV while I'm doing something else. So I'm often still doing that. Uh, so the TV is playing something and then I'm busy on my laptop and I follow quite a lot of it. So that's what I did those weekends. I mean, the TV uh, was on all day long. So I wasn't that bored because yeah. I was watching Friends or How Much Your Mother or another dumb sitcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super crazy. What was for you like the, the first success that you remember that you that you kind of like got a, this kind of um, confirmation? Hey, I think I'm onto something. I think I'm on the right track. Well, uh, I think that was when like the first... I first started gathering people to visit the website, actually. Um, so I did that in, in a couple of steps. Um, first thing, actually, is, of course, asking your friends and family, um, like, what do you think of this idea? And uh, what does the website look like? And uh, got some nice feedback there. And the next step was that I wanted people to visit who I didn't know. Um, but I didn't want to do like this hard launch yet and try to get as many people as possible. I first wanted to test, like mom testing. Um, uh, so what I did, actually, I didn't have a girlfriend then yet. So I was on Tinder and I added Streamvisor to my biography in Tinder. And then uh, every time when I got a match and also when I didn't have a match, people were just curious, like, what is Streamvisor.nl? And they <laughs> ticked it into their, <laughs> to their browser. And then I saw those visitors coming in, like those first real visitors. And I could see which the pages they visited, what they found interesting, what they didn't like so much. So I, that helped me like shape the website for the actual launch. <laughs> so that was weird but it worked actually <laughs> using, yeah using i could market <laughs> market research exactly i could recommend every everyone this process um and then i did like this this hard launch um i went into facebook groups of uh, people that love movies and series and i told them like i have this idea and i launched the website and hope you like it mm. <laughs> that's the way it was and so many people commented and liked it and sent me messages like hey i can help you with the design and uh, they were they were really looking for something like this at that point in time um because more streaming services were added to the landscape um and they they started to lose oversight so uh, that was my first the first time i actually thought when people were so enthusiastic like i could be onto something mm. This could work. People could actually visit the website. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And were there any like big um, failure or defeat in the in the starting off period of the of the company that you said like, wow, that was a, a big fuck up or a big mistake? I think the the big thing was actually when COVID hit. So in March 2020. Um, because I was working at DeepMob and at, uh, at that point in time, and I was doing this in the evenings and in the weekends. So I had a day job and then this evening and weekend job. Um, and I didn't really look out for myself. Like I didn't think about my my own well-being. Mm. I was just working way too much. And I think that's the, the low point um, because it was too much and I, uh, I didn't have a burnout, but I was like in the, the stage before. So I was in time, but I, I had to take like two weeks rest, uh, and just do nothing. And then I thought I have to quit the mob, quit my job and just go all in. 
Um, so that was a very nice turning point because it was the best decision I ever made to start being a full-time entrepreneur, but it was also a low point because, um, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was tired. I was done with everything. I mean, I was, it was too much. Mm. And what, what, where does the company like stand now? Um, I think I, uh, I'd like to see it in like two, two blocks in, of periods in time. I founded Streamizer three years ago and the first one and a half years was like, uh, setting up the company and, uh, started to work on it like on my own besides my job and then COVID hit um and that was the next one and a half years um which was a period of like really nice growth mm. so a lot of people visit the website are very interested in the content i have nice partnerships uh, so it's going really well and then i think a month or two ago so uh, i i started working with a media network um, I have a partnership with them, which means that I'm working there now and I'm one of the brands uh, under their big umbrella. And I work together with like a lot of other cool brands focused on young people. Um, so this is going to be something, something big, something really cool, a network focused on young people. And I think that's where I'm at uh, with Streamvisor now in mm. this, this next step, like the third step not doing it part-time anymore, not doing it full-time anymore, but actually starting a company in a media network, uh, next step of growth. Yeah, have, that's amazing. That's a really big milestone. Uh, also yeah, like congratulations cool. on, on this uh, yeah, big achievement because I think that's also part of like moving the company on those uh, different stages. And I know that many listeners uh, are on the different stages and sometimes when you are like really in the beginning, you um, could have never imagined um, being there now was it for I you i couldn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh sorry that was your question yeah, yeah no actually i nay, i didn't uh, think it would be something as big as this what i said before fill fast fill often that was my my plan <laughs> the plan was to fill it sounds yeah. weird but just trying something out and no i never thought that this would be like an actual company with many visitors and a cool product because mm. That's what it is. People like what they're seeing. They're following the social channels. Uh, it's it's going really well. And I think other people didn't believe in it as well. So uh, the general reaction I got when I told them about the project, it was like, oh, cool, uh, fun. You're starting your own little website. That's cute. You know, mm. uh, it wasn't that people weren't being supportive, but it wasn't like this is going to be an, an actual company. This isn't going to be something big. Mm. Well, I proved them wrong. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't then like um, your environment more like your let's say close environment that they did not really believe in you. And not, no, not that's not that's not it at all. I mean, people always believed in me, um, but they just thought um, if you start something, maybe you should start something with a bigger scope and not just like publishing some articles online. Maybe when you are an entrepreneur, people often think about like uh, developing a tool or um, buying a product and selling it, uh, something like that, you know, that's traditional entrepreneurship. But many people don't know about like the, the media business. I mean, mm -hmm. all these brands, you're consuming media all day, every day, they're businesses. And they're pretty big ones with a lot of people working on the content all the time. So 
I get it. People are just not familiar with the idea and I wasn't either, but mm -hmm. apparently it's it's possible to get in between a start your own media rent. Yeah. What do you think um, could be a thing that people could do for starting entrepreneurs to support them? Continue to ask questions, like instead of uh, giving opinions. So I think that's something you often encounter that people are saying, like, uh, is, I don't think this is something that could be really big or... Uh, maybe you could rephrase that to a thing like, okay, and uh, what future would you see in this project? Like, what's the next step and the step after that? And what do you want to achieve with this? You know, I think that's the main, uh, that's the best encouragement you can get because then if it's not a great idea, then you'll figure it out yourself by asking those questions. Mm. I mean, you're not stupid. Uh, if you start a company, I mean, you have an idea of what you're doing. Mm. So And, and not comparing, I think. Uh, a lot of times I think what I've encountered is um, that people um, compare relatively fast. Oh, you're doing something like this. Or you're doing, you know, oh, it's like this for like Uber for something else. Or yeah, this for, yeah, you know, yeah. that is always like for them also easier. I'm doing to, that actually, yeah. <laughs> easier to understand to put it like in a in a, in a a bucket. Or like, oh, you're, it's not that special. It's just like this for a different <laughs> industry or something like this. But yeah. it's also quite interesting that a lot of people do that. And I think that's very um, discouraging, actually, for the for the founders that put in so much, uh, yeah, maybe sweat, tears and, and, and nights and weekends and stuff like that, that you sometimes then just get put into a bucket. It's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, no, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm actually doing that as well. Also to explain my website, I just often say it's like, uh, and then a big media brand in the Netherlands, um, but then for moves and series, you know, yeah. just to explain it. But I, I can imagine that if people do that with your business, then maybe you're like, mm, no, that's not what I want to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to be my own brand. Yeah, that's true. And how do you see the future of Streamvisor? Like what could be the, like the expansion uh, possibilities? Because I think uh, that's publicly known that you are the biggest uh, streaming website yeah. in the, the Netherlands and the... Uh, Not and streaming website, like how do you say that? Well, like yeah, that? it's a website about streaming, yeah. so le media about a media outlet about streaming. So yeah, there there's not another website that does something exactly in my area uh, exactly the same way. I mean, there are many brands, uh, media brands, talking about moves and series, or also about streaming. But Streamvisor is actually uh, has actually grown a lot and is uh, the biggest in in this area in the Netherlands and Belgium now. Um, so yeah, international expansion is is one part. So Streamvisor Belgium was founded. Uh, I, I founded that like a year ago, and it's going really well. Uh, or two years ago, I don't even remember. Sorry, <laughs> um, but that's going really well. And maybe other international steps. Started mm. working on a project for that as well. Um, so that's that's a st one step of expansion. And another step of expansion is like the media network because. Um, I help them with external knowledge and they help me and uh, these brands make each other stronger and together we want to have a bigger position in the market and mm. grow even faster. So I think uh, extra markets and extra uh, extra growth via the network. Mm. That's quite a future ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's going really well, but I'm not going to keep doing this for 20 years. Uh, I mean... You, you've had founders in your podcast that have this this great idea for a new company and they're like this is going to be my life's work um 
which was really inspiring to listen to. That's that's not gonna be this, or that's not what I have in mind right now for myself. I love entrepreneurship, um, but I'm not a, a journalist. Um, so I'm not a reporter. So I want to keep doing this for a while, but I'm going to focus on other things and having people write the articles and uh, yeah. I'm it's really, I think, interesting that you think like this now about this. Uh, it's uh, now on record. <laughs> yeah. So you can also listen back in five years and uh, you work already maybe then since eight years there. Um, but I think it's so interesting that um, you you say that because uh, it like could be also perceived oh like he's not even taking it so serious he's already already always looking out already uh to to have maybe like an exit um as soon as possible to focus on something else but i think in your case it's more like that you or is it in your case that you want to do something which has a little bit more impact because you also mentioned that before yeah with deep mob like oh yeah i have like this uh streaming outlet that It's, it's not having any impact uh, on on anyone it's uh, more like uh yeah it's it's handy it's yeah a handy i mean tool. It's, it's fun yeah. yeah so that's i mean that's a nice aspect right um but i, I mean i'm i'm very uh enthusiastic about the company and about the product um but i want to do something with impact indeed and i want to have another role in the company so i'm not saying i'm looking forward to an exit because i'm Totally not. Mm -hmm. I want to stay in the company and make this a big thing, but not in the way I'm doing it right now because okay. I'm uh, very good at doing everything myself and that's <laughs> not my strongest point. Yeah. So um, I still like to write or I still write an a lot of articles myself and uh, I communicate with my partners and I do a lot in the media network now. So, I mean, it's too much right now. So I see my role as something different in a couple of years than what I'm doing now. Mm. And it doesn't have to be in Streamvisor as a brand, but in my media company, it could also be for new brands mm. um, because maybe I want to start new brands, new media outlets, new things. Streamvisor is just the big title right now, but... I mean, I have a million of ideas. Yeah. So maybe I want to put like a, a team on Streamvisor and then do my own other things. Yeah, that's amazing. Also cool, I think that you um, think the company bigger than it is now um, and that you're not kind of constrained to this, okay, like I have this page and I only gonna exp only, um, but I'm gonna expand to like, I don't know, all European cities. Uh, and that's it uh, and then that's the end of the the, yeah. the network but that you look also for like for more um yeah domains i think in the media uh, sector that's quite interesting yeah i want to learn from the americans <laughs> in that <laughs> case yeah i think that the problem with dutch entrepreneurs often still is um that they're like only in their own market and i mean it's fine the way it is and grow first and then expand uh, of course you want to have a nice product um but i mean you can start expansion especially with online brands uh, rather as soon as possible than later because it needs some time to get high in google and to acquire followers uh, followers on social media outlets and mm. um Yeah, why not just start and if you feel with the project and you feel uh, i mean you can just try it yeah yeah and also i think it's about addressable market right so if you look for example to the us um if i found a company in the us if they only want to serve their home market like they need to serve 300 or they have a potential market of yeah. 330 million 
people. And um, I think when you are in, in Europe and you uh, found a company in the Netherlands, then like the first thought is, okay, I have 17 million people that would maybe buy my product because I'm here, right? So I think mindset-wise, that's already like such a big a big difference, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, uh, also the English language in media outlets has a lot to offer because... I mean, if you Google something, if we young people Google something, it's quite often in English, actually, not in our native language. So it's not just the market in the USA that you target when you have an English blog mm. or in the UK, but also in a lot of other countries, also for the future. Um, so it's just thinking ahead in that case. Yeah, super interesting. And now, I mean, I think you... No, not I think I I know uh, already that you have uh, that you had quite a successful career so far. You're only 25. If you now look back, um, can you pinpoint like one person or one, um, yeah, someone who really elevated and impacted your career heavily? Well, I think that one friend helped helped me really start uh, with my company. So, uh, yeah, I, I think re he really helped with this process. Mm. And throughout time, it's my family and friends that always support me. So maybe what I said before sounds negative, but it's not. I mean, they're just looking out for me. Um, but I can always talk with them about uh, my endeavors in business. So that's that's helpful, especially when most of the time you're in your room alone writing content and um, because that's what I've been doing for a couple of years. That's why it's extra nice to be at the media network now, to have some mm. colleagues, right? Um, so yeah, if I have to pinpoint someone, it's that friend who really helped me at the beginning of Streamvisor because without him, it would have taken me a lot longer to uh, learn the things that you need to learn before starting an online uh, company or an online media outlet. Mm. And... I found it quite interesting that you said before, yeah, you were so busy with the, all the different jobs and the different things. You didn't really take care um, of yourself. Um, how do you now make sure that you don't lose yourself? Well, that's actually a difficult point at, at this moment again. So I think this, this one and a half years turning point from before, it's starting to come back now. So uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed, I mean, I'm I'm getting into that way too busy mindset again uh not having not making and having time for anything anymore um and feeling quite stressed mm. so i mean that's why i'm looking for an intern now as well uh, someone who keeps working on the content for the website um and who wants to uh, support me and think about the next steps in growth mm. um so yeah it's it's busy at the moment i don't really have um a way to help myself out of it yet but i think support is gonna be the way do you think that this is for you the most challenging part of entrepreneurship managing your own time for me as a person um well that i have two answers for that i think because i work in a very structured way i mean you'll be it's so weird to see my calendar it has so many colors and i plan every 15 minutes of my day uh i have what i'm doing like for my work right wow. uh it, it's pretty crazy so um i structure my time in a, in a good way but 
again, there's this thing of wanting too much, especially in media. I want to write about everything that happens, but most of the time I'm still working on it myself and you don't write an article in two minutes. Really, mm. you don't also with publishing on social media channels and everything. So um, sometimes you just have to take your loss and say, this is not the most important thing to do right now. You have other tasks. Mm. Uh, so I have to make sure my enthusiasm doesn't get the better of me. Yeah, and prioritize maybe. Prioritize, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I'm structured, but I'm not good at prioritizing yet. No. That's weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't go well together, no. actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's super funny. Would you describe yourself as an ambitious person? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't have to think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, and I think your question at the beginning was very, very interesting. I think I'm definitely ambitious, and I think it has something to do with uh, growing up just proving that I, I can do it, you know? Do you think it's a blessing or a curse to be like this? Um, I think if you would have a very ambitious person like me and someone that's not ambitious at all, uh, the perfect thing is to mix and match a bit. <laughs> um, so sometimes it's a bit too much because it's it can be difficult for me to put away my laptop. Um, But yeah, on the other hand, if I wasn't ambitious, I wouldn't have been able to reach the goals that, uh, well, I achieved now. Mm. That's true. But I mean, if I really wanted, if I go on a holiday, I often like I bring my laptop, but I can I can put it away. <laughs> And last time I didn't touch it, so I the mean, it can good work. Steps from yeah, it. <laughs> first steps, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you said that you had a couple of like rough patches uh, the past uh, maybe 10 years. What do you think was the biggest personality change that you went through? Uh, that was definitely starting to study in uh, in Groningen. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like I said before, I was I was a geek. I was a dork. Uh, high school was pretty tough. Um, but when I went to Groningen, I uh, made some very good friends uh, that I still see a lot. And I had a great, great time there. And it it took my entire first year at least, I think, to like further develop myself and get out of that that geeky mindset, that, that uh, young person I was before, um, before I f like truly develop myself. And I think that was the, the most important thing, even more important than things like starting your own company. Because since then I, uh, I feel way better about myself and I have great friends. And uh, yeah, well, I think that was a very important step. Mm. Yeah, super nice to you actually. If you could now give an advice to your younger self, I mean, you're still pretty young, but uh, I think in this maybe high school period where you uh, sometimes maybe felt a little bit more alone, um, wh what advice would you give him now the, with the knowledge that you have? Well, I actually would give the advice not to skip any classes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that was, that was the problem, right? I was young because I, I skipped classes in primary school. And I was just too young. That was the issue. So, so um, I think that will be my biggest advice. Um, and I chose, I chose for that together with my parents at th that age. But yeah, in hindsight, it wasn't the smartest plan. Mm. I mean, it gave me extra time now, and I'm young, and I've had the time already to to study and to start my own company and everything. But I think it's better to grow up like with people your same age because it's going to be difficult. Yeah. There are not really many advices you can give to someone that's a lot younger 
or at least not to me. I was just not old enough yet to be in that class with those people. It was it was yeah. too big of an age difference. It's actually super crazy. If, if I think about, I mean, you started studying with 16. Right? Yeah, I was really yes. young, but I mean, I was born like in, in May. So that's already a year of difference with many people. And then I skipped like the, the fifth and the eighth uh, class in primary school. And then, yeah, I was just really, really young. Um, that's insane because I started studying with 21 and even then I've, I, I felt young, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, in, in that sense of like, uh, inexperienced young of like, uh, sometimes dumb mindset as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know if impossible for me to think, uh, how it is to, to be 16 and not even being able to, to go to most of the clubs to, to, uh, to enjoy. <laughs> that was actually a fun point because when I started studying, uh, it was still possible to to drink alcohol uh, when you were 16. And then they changed that like on the 1st of January. Um, so all of a sudden I wasn't allowed to drink anymore for like half a year because my birthday is the end of May. So <laughs> that was really weird. I was a student, I've had like half a year of a very great time. And then suddenly I'm not allowed to <laughs> drink alcohol anymore. Yeah, that was strange. That's crazy. But I, I never had problems with that, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> crazy and i think we spoke a lot about the the past we spoke a lot about the future uh, but now if you would look ahead the next couple of years what are the things that you would like to to achieve uh, maybe like the next milestones that that you set yourself you said you're a very structured person so I'm yeah you'd think <laughs> i would have thought about this before right but i haven't oh you structure you structure yeah, your no, day <laughs> i'm I, I am structured in hindsight yeah. like what i've done yeah and uh, that's that's the weird thing also with prioritizing and i i don't really set milestones and i actually think that's also something that really helped me uh also with the, at the beginning of streamwise or founding the company i just thought let's try and we'll see i mean i have some ideas in mind right like how many visitors i want to have in 2022 and what i want the, the profit to be and how many people i want to have working on the project uh, and also what my own ideas will be of what streamvisor will look like and like i said before maybe that's multiple media brands not only streamvisor but also other things um Maybe that's something entirely different and just having like people work on this outlet. Maybe it will be about even more things than streaming movies and series. Um, so it's mostly movies and series now, but also part like sports and podcasts and audiobooks and maybe expand more on that. I mean, mm -hmm. I have a lot of ideas, but I don't have milestones set. And I think that works really well for me. Just like see it work out, mm -hmm. trial and error. And error trying some things and then finding your way very fast and often <laughs> yeah very fast very often <laughs> yeah super cool i would like to uh, slowly also bring it home i think it was really amazing to um yeah go through the different stages of your uh, founding story like really starting in the school but uh, then going over your first job uh, your market research on tinder um, <laughs> but also like the amazing steps that you've um, achieved i think um yeah with streamwise i think it's crazy always to think that those eight nine weekends um of putting your head down and really, really working hard, uh, build the foundation for now you're living. So it's always very paradox um, and very encouraging, I think, for a lot of people um, that a very small amount of time of your life can determine a lot for your future. So I think 
uh, yeah, a lot of learnings uh, in this podcast. And uh, before we leave off, uh, I always have three final questions. You listen to a couple of episodes, so uh, maybe you know them already by heart. Um, the first question is, what are you not very good at right now and you want to become better at? Uh, yeah, I think that's letting other people do some work as well. Like I said before, I really like to do most of the tasks myself mm. and I have really have to learn to get people to join the cause and like other people can bring a lot of creativity and new ideas to, to your work. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I have to be better at that. And prioritizing. No. <laughs> and prioritizing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have great tips. Do you have some no, more? No, no, yeah. no. I was kidding. Um, what name would you give this chapter of your life? Uh, yeah, learning is not really a name, is it? But I think that's the, the key word uh, that I see coming back all the time. I just want to learn to do as many things as possible at this point in time because it's going to help me with this company and with other companies. I don't want, I want to do most of the accounting myself. I don't want an accountant to do it for me. I want him to teach me how to do it. Mm. Uh, I want to learn how to build a website and not let someone else build it. So I think that's part of being an entrepreneur and that's what has brought me a lot. Super interesting. Uh, last question, um, a little bit a uh, philosophical one, I think. Um, if you could send a SMS to all mobile phones in this world, what would you say? I don't think my answer is that philosophical. I, I would send them a URL. Could you imagine the amount of traffic you would generate? <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> www.streammeasure.nl, just to the entire world. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I think fill fast, fill often is the, the true lesson I've I've learned um, during my entrepreneurship studies. And it has been the thing that has helped me succeed. So mm. in a philosophical sense, I would like to send that to people yeah that's gonna be the episode title for sure we said that so many times so okay, we, cool. we have to do it <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> awesome uh Cyprian, thank you so much for being part of the three one journey it was a really really pleasure and it was great um, to be here thank you very much we see each other for sure another time definitely thank you so much Cyprian. thank you thanks a million for listening again to another amazing episode of the three one podcast for me this was really a remarkable story and a startup story almost written like a fairy tale One thing that really stood out for me is that he put his head down for eight weeks, worked very, very, very hard, and this literally changed his life. And sometimes it's as easy as that. You have a great idea, you work on it really hard, you validate it, and then you just go for it. I hope this episode also encourages you to continue to work on your idea and to make it a success. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button, leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast, and don't forget to follow at 301podcast on Instagram. See you in two weeks. Yours truly, Marcus 